Welcome back to the Make It or Take It podcast, where there are no narrative, just facts over feelings. My name is Chris, along with my co-host Rashad. Rashad, say what's up. What's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in. Let's do it. And if you haven't checked out our last episode, make sure you check it out on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Music as well. We finally were able to upload it to Apple Music, so definitely make sure you click the link below and check that out. The biggest news we had this week is Zion um, being out uh, for the Pelicans. Um, he is being diagnosed with a, I believe, a posterior a posterior uh, hip contusion. Obviously, he's probably going to miss somewhere between like six to eight games, I believe, in that, that span. However... Uh, the Pelicans, my team, my sleeper team, shot. Uh, they they doing what what I said that they was gonna do. They started off um, at this point in time. They are three and one. Uh, Pelicans look good, bro. I, I was saying people. I, I had some of my homies like they were like, nah, bro. I don't know what you mean about the Pelicans, bro. I don't know. That's hot. That's I hot. Had to. Yeah, I was like, it's uh, okay, but y'all gonna see, bro. I'm telling you, that talent, the talent on that team is crazy. Bi. I don't know if y'all caught that game with the Nets, but that man was playing with KD, bro. Whatever he won't, he got. So I, I love B.I. I love um, the, the dude he be coming into. You see he ain't shaved. He looks sick as hell out there, bro. Definitely, definitely love my pick so far this season. Um, but we're going to stay in the West, actually. And we're going to talk about, Shy. we're going to talk about one of your picks, actually. We're going we, <laughs> we to talk about the Lakers, bro. Um, what the hell is going on with the Lakers, Shy? I'm going to have to take my L on the Lakers, man. They look terrible. I gave them the benefit of the doubt. It's a wrap. Brian chasing numbers. AD just looking soft. Bro, it's, man, it's bad. Russ ain't the biggest problem no more, man. I don't really want to take too much away from the players, but the Lakers is bad, man. That shit needs to be said. The Lakers was up seven with two minutes left in the game, and Dame just literally came down every single time. Hezzy, hezzy, step back, midi. Hezzy, hezzy, step three. Nothing but net, bro. The man, Dane the was on was one. terrible. Switches was terrible. I don't understand why at the end of the game you would have Lonnie Walker on Dane and, and at, at that point in the moment, and you let him walk up. How many times have we – you have to guard Dane from half, bro. You can't be, like, right a little bit past the three-point. You have to start guarding that man at the half. Honestly, I feel like Bron being the best player on that team, you got to fucking guard, Dame. You got to do that. You have to. And you about six six inches taller than Dame. You got to do that shit, man. And LeBron, my guy, but here's the truth. Father time is here. We need to stop putting this media-driven train about him still being the best in the world or even top three. And carry your team no more, man. We started for a few years in a row outside the bubble. Even when they was feeding AD, that shit was still the case. We need to drop the he make his teammates better statement. I ain't no hating shit right now, but he chasing stats now. I mean, they look good on paper, but they ain't really taking it into context. Like, they not impactful. Yeah, they're empty calories. A lot of them are in garbage time, too, bro. And I ain't here yeah. to bash Brian. Like, super fans, they damn near the reason for this rant. Because they're out the bus. I mean, they're out the bus uh, rushing shit and point fingers. Instead of checking a man, but then if somebody else do it, then they label the hater. Like, I don't get it. No, but no, you, you are absolutely correct, bro. Yeah, Lakers just got to be better, bro. They shot terrible from three that game. Um, I believe as a team, they shot like something like, I think 18%. They went like six from 33. So the Lakers are not a three-point shooting team. So why I don't know why you're taking 
33 shots from the three-point line. It That just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. So, Shad, now I got a question for you, bro. Lakers right now, as it stands, Lakers are 0-3. Next five games, they got the Nuggets twice, they got the T-Wolves, they got the Pelicans, and they got the Jazz. Are the Lakers <laughs> going to start off their season 0-8? Nuggets twice, T-Wolves, Pelicans, and the Jazz. Yep. I feel like they beat the Jazz. I'm not going to lie. They beat the Jazz. The rest of them games is really up in the air. And I would say they might beat Minnesota, but it's just the size Minnesota got. Right. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't that's a that's a tough like little stretch of five games, bro. I honestly, to me, I don't even know if they'll be able to split with the Nuggets at all. I think the Nuggets are just a better team, so I don't know if they'll split with the Nuggets. Uh the Timberwolves are such like a defensive team. Pelicans are hot right now. Jazz are also hot. Jazz haven't lost a game. So like I don't know, man. Lakers, Lakers, they cannot like out of the norm. Exactly. So the Lakers, they got to do something in these next couple games, and it, but it's already not looking good. So Golden State losing by almost thirty points. How you feel about that, man? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really too worried about the Warriors right now. I mean, obviously they're the defended champions. Um, Clay shot abysmal tonight. I mean, uh, obviously he was tossed out in the third. and I think the Suns just came to play. They took the last um, couple months, and they they were harping on that series loss to the Warriors, and and they they circled this um, this game on their calendar for sure. And they came out and you know they played Devin Booker. He came out there had thirty four points. Um, Andre Aiden had a double double. Chris Paul shot four or five from the three point line, which was very good to see uh, Chris Paul shooting like that. And then aside from that, he also had nine assists and seven rebounds. So Chris Paul is still doing Chris Paul things. I'm expecting the Chris Paul to continuously be um, the veteran leader of this team. And I think Devin Booker might take that additional step. Obviously, I know a lot of people have uh, their doubts about Devin Booker. Uh, there is this like negative like connotation around Devin Booker's name now uh, based off of last year's playoffs. So I definitely think that they come out um, this season, and especially in this game, with a lot to prove. And Booker, he um he just scored 30 in his past few three games, too. Mm-hmm. And um, so them some real buckets. Booker hears some words for Clay, too. He was talking crazy, but we gotta be realistic, Book. Like, come on now. What can yeah, you really say on. to Clay? Like, come on, right? He got hey, four Clay. Of them things, exactly. He was counting them. He was counting them. I don't know. Like, yeah, book, book, book has like this uh he he got this Kobe confidence without the Kobe rings, which is odd. Like a lot of players got that, which is odd. Moving on to the Eastern Conference, uh, one of the bigger games this week we had was the 76ers going up against the Bucks in Philadelphia. James Harden uh, came out there and he was looking absolutely phenomenal from tip off. Uh, he was really just attacking the rim, staying around in the mid range, knocking down a couple threes. Um, currently he is tied for the league leader in scoring. So James Harden is absolutely coming out here to play. James Harden being the leader scorer, that's all I find it dandy. However, that can't really cope well when you're a big man is shooting under 50% from the floor and forcing up shots thinking he's going to get fouls. Joel Embiid in that game shot six from 21 from the floor. So I need to understand what is happening with this coaching staff to where the 76ers are not being able to play up to their competition. 
And then it dawned on me. I was really thinking about what the Celtics did against Joel Embiid. And I think that's that's what the key is for um, these teams and the NBA to keep a lookout on. If you make Harden be the person that beats you, it looks as if that is going to win you the game. You got a chance. So, I mean, going forward, if Harden is going to be still scoring twenty, almost 27 points a game, that's going to be fine. But how effective is that going to be when Harden is getting – that but Joel Embiid is getting 15 points or sub 20 points and we know that his caliber of a player can easily come out and get 27 28 30 points himself so after tonight's game the Philadelphia 76ers are actually one and four they lost to the Celtics they lost to the Bucks they lost to the Spurs and they just lost to the Raptors tonight and you're going to be like oh well who did they beat the Pacers the 76ers beat the Pacers and then on the other side of the ball, you had Giannis, who, and this is this is the thing about Giannis, right? Giannis was not like super, super dominant that we know that Giannis can be. This is a scarier version of Giannis. And he did this in the playoffs a couple of times. Giannis came out, he shot nine from 16, which is 56% from the floor, took high quality shots. He had one three-pointer, I believe, um, ended up with the line of like 21 points, 13 rebounds, and eight assists. And they won this game by two. So when Giannis plays like this and Giannis is being able to distribute uh, the basketball, I believe that is going to make the Milwaukee Bucks that much scarier. Because once you give all of that attention to Giannis and he's able to make points off of your defensive help, that's just going to open up another level of his game. There was a play uh, with a minute and 13 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Drew Holiday had the ball on the wing. I believe he was being guarded by Tobias Harris. You had uh, Giannis on the other uh, in the other corner, and then next to Giannis, you had uh, Grayson Allen. So obviously, you had uh, James Harden shadowing Allen, Joel shadowing Giannis. So the play breaks down as Allen cuts to the basket. Neither neither Harden or Embiid are actually looking at the play. So Allen gets the ball. On a, a quick cut, Drew Holiday sees him on the cut, hits him, easy two, easy layup. After that shot is hit, you see Joel Embiid and James Harden kind of look at each other and, like, shrug. And then they both – you just can tell by the body language they had after that. Nobody wanted to inbound the ball. They both ran away from the ball. It was just ugly. So what do you think the problem is, Chris, I that think, team? Man, I don't – I'm really trying to think if, if the problem is – defensive or if the problem is Joel Embiid not being the big that we once thought that he was. And as we know, Joel Embiid takes, he takes plays off just like James Harden takes plays off. So yeah, they both be taking plays off and they both be throwing fits, man. I think they exactly. both be throwing fits when it be going on. Exactly. So, and I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think, uh, we get that in B if James putting up these type of numbers. No, no, it's the touches so. too. So we got to look at it like that. But James also can't treat him like a Clint Capella. So introducing a new section of the podcast that we actually just started. Um, we actually are going to be answering listeners' questions. So if you have a question, just drop that in the comment section below, um, and we'll be able to answer it right on our next podcast. Okay, so going over to our first question, Shad, who is um, who is the person and what is the question that they have? 
So the first question that was sent over to us is from Nick. So Nick asks, for the only three Lakers, is it time to panic? That's a good question. Yeah, honestly, it's looking a little bit too much like last year. LeBron not taking that step back that he need for AD to step forward. Russ averaging 10 points in three games. That's unacceptable. With him, Pat Bev, and Lonnie Walker all averaging the same amount of turnovers, LeBron doubled that. So bottom line, trading Russ really ain't going to fix nothing with that team. No. And um, they're supposed to be playing some game without him. So we'll see how that go. A lot of people needed 82 games last year to see how they go. I mean, to see how that was going to go. I ain't really mm-hmm. need too many. I ain't yeah. like it from the jump. So, but it's definitely time to panic for the Lakers, man. They got to do something. Yeah, if it's not time to panic right now, I don't know when uh, the time to panic would be. Uh, like I was saying earlier on in the podcast, that next five, uh, the next five games, they got Nuggets, T-Wolves, Pels, Jazz. They, man, starting off 0-3, and those are the next five games. I, I think if they start off even at, at best, they start off 2-6, it's still not a, a good start for the Lakers, and, and it's absolutely time to panic. All right, so I think we do have another question, shot. Who is the question from, and what is the question that they have for us? So this question is from Alex. So he says, was LeBron the worst thing that happened to the Lakers since the Dwight and Kobe duo? I'm going to lob this one to you, man. Let me hear it. Um, I definitely wouldn't say that this LeBron was the worst thing that happened to the Lakers because no. Dwight and Kobe didn't even win a chip. So, like, at least Bron won a chip. So I, I don't know how yeah. – I, I, I really don't know how, how Bron – I think it might be – this might be a recency thing, I feel – um, I don't think Brown was the worst thing that happened to to the Lakers. I think when Dwight joined up with Kobe, uh, the impression was that the Lakers were going to get an inkling of what Dwight was pre-injury, at the very best, what he was at the end of Orlando. But I don't, I don't think that the level of what that expectation was for that Laker team versus this one, um, outside of this past season, I don't think that I don't think that the Bron era in the Lakers was worse than Kobe and Dwight. Right for sure. Hell no. And Dwight was the best in the in the league at the time, but he had to he was out for the season because he had back surgery. And even when he came back, he was he still had seventeen he was still averaging seventeen and twelve on fifty nine percent from the field. Yeah. So I just feel like he couldn't move and do the same, you know, shit that he was doing at the same level as sharp as he was, but I mean he was still decent, like. But you know, for LA fans and their culture, they win it. So if you ain't yeah, doing you that all the time, you know, you really ain't no shit. So, but even with all that going on, he still played seventy six games with a fucked up back. That's still more than Brian and AD played. Yeah. Been at, like, so you got to give him some credit on that shit too. So. So we absolutely appreciate you guys uh, asking those questions. Like I said, make sure you guys comment down below. Uh, have more questions for us. Send us questions on our Twitter page at Make It or Take It Podcast. Um, and we will be loving to hear more from you guys. And as promised, like we said, that we were going to be doing every single podcast, every single week leading up to it. We will have the LeBron James tracker at this point in time. He is at 37,144 points. So we're going to be watching that to see how that's going to affect uh, the score tracker. 
All right, guys, this is going to do it for this episode of the Make It or Take It podcast. We absolutely appreciate you guys for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell your friend, share this post. Once again, we are on Apple Music. Finally, uh, we're on Spotify. Yeah, finally, we are going to just check us out. uh, Watch the last episode. If you haven't, you definitely don't want to miss out on any of the crazy preseason predictions me and Shaw had. Uh, Definitely great content. Go check that out. All right, we out of here. Peace. Peace.